When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi there, Duke fans. Welcome to episode 509 of the Duke Basketball... Ru- wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Ru- ru- what? Ru- ru- what? Ru- yeah. ru- Hang on, rewind. Rewind. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. This is no longer the Duke Basketball Report. We are no longer part of the SBN family. We've been talking about this for a couple months. Uh, it was not our decision. It was their decision. They made a big mistake. Uh, we want to thank all of you because during the previous month, the month of March, we had the most downloads ever in our history and that is the month they decided to say goodbye to the duke basketball report you are now listening ladies and gentlemen to the duke basketball roundup yes we're all wearing cowboy hats here on the duke basketball roundup. there there will be no cowboy hats on this show well maybe if we record for, if i record from texas i might i might wear a hat but i'm not gonna I I'm, own I'm hold a cowboy it. hat i can wear a cowboy hat we just don't do this thing on video so i don't right, know right. what it's bad live it's show useless. live show we might have to get duke to make a duke blue cowboy hat for us in any event we want to thank all of you we got a ton of great suggestions really interesting ideas for what we could call this podcast we said we really wanted to keep the dbr initials so we have kept it with the duke basketball roundup i kind of like duke basketball review but it was pointed out to me that we look ahead we don't just look back so review may not be entirely appropriate i liked duke basketball rapport i i like that one as well but i think that we might have treaded upon 
copyright violation or something like that. It would have been a very, very close call. Who would hey, have been more mad it. at us, Vox Media or the Colbert Report? Yeah, that's a good Look, question. Someone someone sent in the Donald Basketball Report, and I, for one, loved that one. That was my favorite. Um, but I think we landed on, on the winner with Duke Basketball Roundup. So in any event, it is still Jason, Donald, and Sam. It shouldn't have changed the way you get this podcast. It should be sh- still showing up in your feed exactly the same way. Where, by the way, in the process, we have not yet, but it's entirely possible by the time you listen to this, we will be part of the Podbean podcast network. Podbean has has uh, courted us and made us a VIP member of their community. So we're real excited to be joining them. We're going to have a whole landing page. There's all kinds of stuff. Donald, tell them a little bit about what's going down with the roundup. Yeah. So in the next few days and really over the next week, you're going to see uh, a couple of things coming in and these will all be in show notes. We'll, we'll try to publicize them wherever we can. But the first thing is we have our own new Twitter account. Now you're going to look and you're going to say, yo, this Twitter account has like three people that it's following. Yes, that'd be the three of us. So you can then follow Jason, Sam and I, if you wish, but at Duke Roundup, at Duke Roundup on Twitter, that is going to be our new Twitter handle. We obviously are going to probably, you know, in the in the coming weeks, like still have some interconnection with DBR in the form of maybe articles on their site. But we haven't figured that part out yet. But for now, at Duke Roundup, go follow us there. We will also have some other things coming down the pike that will help you save some money and also benefit the show as well if you if you desire. So look out for that as we move along. But of course, any updates that we have as we continue this transition, we're going to let you know. Yeah. So, gentlemen, let's actually get to the news. The reason people are probably tuning in today, probably not to hear the fact that we have a new name. They're probably listening to hear us talk about the fact that Duke got yet another draft declaration from a member of the Brotherhood. Derek Lively is a one-and-done player. He is leaving Duke um, University to move on to the NBA. Not a very surprising move, although I will freely admit there were these brief moments today. There is like Derek Lively put out sort of an interesting little Instagram story, and people were talking. There was there was all this chatter that he really wants to stay at Duke. He loves what's happening. He loved being a Duke. He's been a lifelong Duke fan. Derek Lively is a guy who has loved Duke since he was, you know, even before high school. And and so there was talk, maybe he's going to come back. Maybe he's going to shock the world. No, he he did what probably was the smart thing to do. I think we all talked about this on the Who Stays or Who Goes podcast. And we all said he's kind of got to go. We know there's a rationale for sticking around. I specifically said I thought his stock could not get worse that it could do nothing but go up if he came back. But we totally understand why Derek Lively declared for the NBA draft. Sam, I'll go to you first. Thoughts, reflections, looking ahead. What do you want to give me on Derek Lively? Well, I like that our story today is not the fact that UConn won its fifth national championship to pull into Wait, what happened? With they did, I didn't watch it. I don't know anything about it. I, I, I know nothing about this. What are you talking I, about? I tuned into a few minutes of it. No, I, I, I watched it. I, I watched, watched it. it. I watched it, yeah. but it didn't happen. Man, how about that? How about that San Diego State Florida Atlantic game, huh? That what was a, great. Now that was the game. Ending. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever talk about it in depth, but but it sure happened, and maybe you watched it and enjoyed it. Uh, on that same topic, actually, let me let me transition slightly from UConn won the title. That stinks if you're a Duke fan because you know can't certainly can't root for UConn. At least I'm in the camp of can't root for UConn, even though they're coached by the brother of one of our favorite former Duke basketball players, a guy who we once interviewed on this program, even though no one ever heard it. (laughs) 
Does so everyone you, know that story? Does, well, we, we, have new, we have new listeners who don't know the story. That's so true. I interviewed How many years ago was that that, that happened? It was like four years ago, I think. Yeah. So yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people have pre pandemic. It was pre-pandemic. So I got an interview. It took me like months of talking to the Arizona State uh, Sports Information Department. We finally arranged the time. I got an interview with Bobby Hurley. We talked for like an hour. It was great. And I hadn't hit record. <laughs> so I had none. Of, I recorded none of it. We have we have talked to Bobby Hurley. So Bobby yeah. Hurley's brother won the NCAA title yesterday. The, the reason actually maybe that this is relevant is that, uh, you know, the, the discussion immediately after the national championship game is, all right, let's move to next year. Is UConn number one? Is somebody else number one? I don't think Duke was getting a lot of chatter on the on the internet about potentially being number one next year it, it would it would take a, a miracle and then today during the couple of hours between when Derek Lively sent that Instagram message that made it seem like he was at least considering coming back and the time when he actually announced that he was leaving for the NBA I entertained the the prospect that Lively was going to return Filipowski was going to return and then whether or not Jeremy Roach returned, because he hasn't announced yet either, Duke was going to be bringing back all four of the freshmen who made an impact last year, Proctor, Mitchell, Lively, and, and Flip, to add potentially two impact guards and two impact forwards, potentially a, a transfer, although I'm not sure what room uh, Duke would have on its roster for any of that. And I thought, you know, Duke might be number one or damn near close to it. So Well, sa- wait, Sam, by the way, there are some... There are some folks, I know 24-7's group of experts, and there are a couple other people who've said they got Duke as their preseason number one, and there's almost no one that has Duke outside of like the top five, top eight. Seth Davis, I think, had us 10th, but his write-up Ninth, was... yeah. It, it was bizarre. Like, it, it was at, like Seth Davis said, Duke's not getting Ryan Young back. I'm like, uh, Seth, that was like three weeks ago. Ryan Young's coming back. Like, It was the like the first really one that, think- <laughs> that we knew was coming back. Right, exactly. Yeah, like Seth Davis messed up the only one that we actually know for a fact. Or, or you know, in any event, the there, there are a number of people who see this Duke team, and these are all folks who expect Filipowski to turn pro, that there are people who say that this Duke team is clearly top five. And we are one of the top three, obviously the two early, we are one of the top three uh, favorites to win in Vegas. Uh, you know, us, UConn, Kentucky are the three teams with the best odds right now, but all of that included Derek Lively leaving this team. So looking at that, and and certainly there are there are lots of uh, additional angles to those projections. I think maybe we'll speculate on this show about if Duke is still going after a big man in the transfer portal, who that might be, because there's big been, tease coming up after the break. <laughs> there's, there's been some talk about that, but as far as it regards Derek Lively, Jason, I think you said it. We told you on those episodes, sort of previewing the off season at right at the end of the. NCAA tournament, at least for Duke, that makes a ton of sense for Derek Lively to leave. He demonstrated an NBA ready skill this year. And by all accounts, he's been, you know, a great citizen of Duke University and and the men's basketball team throughout the season. So I'm I'm rooting for him. I'm excited for him to take that step. I think the other thing that is interesting is that he uh, was putting out a bunch of sponsored content this week on his on his social media. And, and I know we got one listener who was emailing us about NIL who was like, why would Derek Lively be be tweeting all that stuff if or, you know, sending all that stuff on, out on Instagram if, uh, you know, if he was now going to be repped by by an actual 
you know, agency and, and was turning pro and is about to get a, you know, shoe contract and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it, it was not to be. So, so I think Derek Lively is in great position to be drafted. I don't know if it's high in the first round, but definitely in the first round of the NBA draft, he'll have a lot of opportunities, I think in over the summer and into training camp to demonstrate that he deserves minutes. And if you are as long and athletic and as good at shot blocking as Derek Lively is, you know, you may not get that many offensive touches in the NBA, but he will certainly get minutes next year. You know, I think the first thing, right, is that it's clear that Derek Lively really enjoyed college to the point where I think this decision was a lot more difficult than he thought it would be probably, you know, four months ago. He it was one of those things where when he came to college, he was one of the people that was assumed to leave. And I think the reason why it took this long is because he waited because he really probably and I, I'm speculating for a second here. He probably liked college so much that he wanted to come back. But we've heard his story, you know, about his mom and and, you know, the things that he went through to, you know, to just use his NIL money to get his dad a tombstone, things like that to help take care of his family. And I think it was, yo, I might really love college, but my responsibility is to provide and take care of my family. And I think that's, I, I, I mean, he's ready to do that, right? I, I think from a from a standpoint of, I'm not going to knock that ever. I, I fully support him taking care of his family. And this is not speculation that he liked college more or less or in the same way that like, say, J.J. Redick did or uh, right. <laughs> anybody right. who who seemed to enjoy college, maybe a little bit too much. Right. There is. I mean, look, we we even everyone on the team talked about like this man always had a smile on his face. Right. He was always in go mode. He was always ready to go. He was joking around with all the, his teammates. His teammates cl- clearly adored him. And this is not a matter of, oh, I'm just here for six months to get ready for the NBA. He fully, what what do we call it? He fully unpacked his bags and, and engaged in the Duke college experience. So uh, I think from a play standpoint, his defense is clearly there. His defense is ready for the NBA. His length is going to be a problem for, for people. And I think that's why so many teams are looking at him as a possible first round pick. I think obviously the offensive part of his game is something that can come along. You know, we, you know, it's funny, Jason, we talked about in the stats game, back in November about how Derek Lively could take some threes, right? Like in the, that didn't come to fruition, but it's obviously something that he's going to work on because if he's going to, you know, the NBA there's centers that take threes because they want to stretch the defense out a little bit. And if he, you know, can bring his guy out of the paint, that means someone else can go in on his team for a layup or a dunk. So I think when it comes to Derek Lively, that offensive game is going to be the part that is the question mark and what is going to need to improve on the NBA level, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he can do that. I think he's shown, you know, some of those inside skills and honestly, his, his inside game improved quite a bit as the year went along. And we saw that market improvement in how he approached the game, but JC initially asked for reflections on Derek Lively. I'm going to leave you with this reflection, eight mother loving blocks against UNC in that game, being there for that. Like, I will always remember Derek Lively for dropping eight blocks on UNC's head. So I'm super excited to see what Derek Lively is going to be at the next level because he clearly only began to scratch the surface of what he could be at Duke. His stats at Duke are, you know, nothing that jump off the page at you. Five points per game, five rebounds per game. He did have two and a half, almost two and a half block shots per game. 
but I think it's the, it's what you saw from him later in the year. I, I think we cannot calculate how much he was set back by little injuries early in the season that they made him feel out of sync, that they caused it to cause it to take a lot more time than necessary. And illness. To- if you you remember that game against Wake, he and, and Dreek Whitehead were both sick, but that right. was after a 10-day layoff, and then they had another 10-day layoff. So it was really like three or four weeks for him without basketball. Yeah, but the, the, the challenge for any freshman, and we have seen it again and again and again, is catching up to the speed of the college game, the athleticism, the fact that you're playing against guys who are bigger. I mean, look, I have to do is watch tape of any high school game and then watch a college game. It, there's a huge leap there. It, it's the same thing that happens when you go from college to the NBA. Well, for Derek Lively, a lot of the time that he would have had to adjust to that ended up happening in December and January, as opposed to happening in September and October. And as a result, he was behind for much of the year. The Derek Lively that we saw over Duke's final 10 you know, 15 games or so, that's the guy that the NBA is drooling over. And make no mistake, they are drooling over him. There was a moment, there was time earlier this year when people were thinking Derek Lively might not be a first-round draft pick. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be an NBA team that's going to take him in the first round. There's no question about it because the kind of rim protection that he has, like Donald said, the eight blocks against UNC and the numerous other games where he absolutely not just controlled the paint, but controlled wherever he was. To me, that was the thing about him that was truly special. We've had shot blockers like Mark Williams, but they weren't able to like control an entire area of the floor because if they got dragged away from the basket, they were somewhat vulnerable. Derek Lively can guard point guards. I'm going to repeat that. Derek Lively, and by point guards, I mean even NBA point guards. He's that quick. He's that good on defense. And that is incredibly rare in a guy with his size and length. And as a result, he is, I'm sad we're losing him in a big, big way. The NBA is going to love this guy. Also his motor. They're going to love his motor because how many times over the course of the final third of the season did we see him alter or block a shot, maybe even get the rebound in the process and then beat everybody down the floor for a dunk or alley-oop or something like that. He, you know, he did a lot of that. And I think that motor, and again, it, it, he he's a teachable guy. Like he he clearly proved that he is a guy that can be coached, and NBA's love guys who can be coached because again, the, whatever they feel is his deficiencies when he gets to the NBA level, he'll be able to accept that feedback and get better every single day and get stronger. We saw him get stronger throughout the year. You know, in the first part of the year, like you said, Jason, because of the injuries, he wasn't as comfortable on the block. And then later on in the year, we saw him do a couple of post moves where he showed that he had clearly been working on some things. So I think he's going to have a great career and and really wish him the best. And I'm going to look forward to seeing him play next year. He's less scared of shooting than Ben Simmons. So that's a that's a good sign. He's taken and, more threes and made and, more and, threes. And look, as we as we transition to talking about guys that uh, might be taking Derek Lively's spot on the roster as the you know, either starting center or, or preeminent center on the team. I don't think that any of the guys we're about to talk about have Lively's skill set. We haven't seen a guy with exactly Derek Lively's skill set and motor and and length uh, in, in a long, long time at Duke, if not ever. There have been great shot blockers. There have been guys with great size. Look, Mark Williams was on the team just last year, but Mark Williams can't do some of the things that Derek Lively can do. So regardless of who Duke gets to quote-unquote replace Derek Lively in the lineup, we are going to miss him one way or another. But like Donald said, 
wish him the the very best and, and hope that he has a long and successful NBA career where hopefully he gets to hit a few three-pointers. Uh, look, by the way, uh, we will be doing full episodes on all the guy, Duke guys in the NBA draft, as we have done in past years, where we will you know, project different things about them and try and figure out where they're going to go. I'm going to go ahead and toss one out here right now, though. At number 18, the Golden State Warriors are picking. And Golden State, they need to get younger. They need scoring on the perimeter because their their perimeter guys are getting older. But they've wanted a center. They've wanted a big man forever. They drafted James Wiseman. They drafted Kevon Looney. They're, they keep on trying to find someone to patrol the middle for them. I think they're going to look long and hard at a guy like Derek Lively. And can you imagine Derek Lively rim running off of Steph Curry penetrating the lane? That is that is something that would strike fear into the heart of Western Conference teams. Guys, we're going to take a break. We've teased it. We've talked about it. When we come back, who might be taking Derek Lively's place on the Duke roster? Who might be the next big man for the Duke Blue Devils? The transfer portal, it's active. Duke's involved. We'll tell you about it in just a moment. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. We're back from the break, and this is an episode that at least partially is dedicated to Derek Lively. And... Talking about Derek Lively also means talking about who will replace him on the Duke roster because we've heard repeatedly that the Duke Blue Devils are looking to add another big man, that they don't feel like they necessarily... If Kyle Filipowski returns, which we've heard some rumblings could happen, it's not a sure thing, no one knows. I'd say it's probably 50-50. But if Kyle Filipowski returns, there's still some talk that Duke probably needs 
another big man because Duke probably would like Kyle Filipowski to spend at least a good percentage of his time playing power forward and creating mismatches at that position rather than playing a little more in the post as a quote-unquote five. So who could Duke be looking at? Donald, you and I have both sussed out some potential replacements in the transfer portal that that reports indicate Duke has actively spoken to. I'll let you go first, and then I'll go second. Who you got, man? Yeah, so the first one is Kalo Ware from Oregon. He's a seven foot two ten center from North Little Rock, Arkansas. He was actually number eight in the ESPN 100 in, in the 2022 class and was a McDonald's All-American. So a lot of people might be slightly familiar with what you know who he is and how he plays he was a guy that actually started out pretty well for Oregon last year he you know had 18 points and nine boards against UConn who you know we talked about earlier did something last night apparently uh 17 points and nine rebounds against Michigan State 13.7 rebounds against Villanova that was at the PK Invitational I think they were on the other side of the PK Invitational from us but then as it they entered the Pac-12 portion of the season, he mainly became a reserve player. He didn't play that much. He ended up playing a little bit more down the stretch, uh, but he didn't get to and he also, you know, came back in the NIT and played, a, you know, a little bit. But it was weird. There was a point where he just didn't get a lot of minutes. Now, he can hit three pointers. And I, I won't say at a terrific clip, he hit 15 three pointers, but enough where, again, he's pulling a five out of the paint to try and guard him. He showed, you know, some great promise. He can block shots. He can move well off the pick and roll, but he's not a wide body. And I think that was where he uh, became limited in the Pac-12 season. And he needs to get a little bit stronger, uh, but would need to improve his play under physical pressure. And the ACC, as we know, can be very, very physical. So Clawware is someone to reach out or to look out for. Duke has reached out for, to him. Uh, ESPN ranks him as the 35th best NBA draft prospect this year. And I think that someone, you know, if, if we get him, it's a possibility that he can move into that starting lineup and also, again, provide some of that rim protection. Not all of it, like Sam said, that Derek Lively had, but at least provide some to kind of replace uh, that hole that Derek Lively has. So I'm going to mention a name that just cropped up today, and I think a lot of Duke fans, a lot of Duke people were like, whoa, a little surprised to hear this one. But on the other hand, the moment you heard it, a lot of people went, man, that makes a lot of sense. And that is Caden Shedrick of Virginia, who has entered the transfer portal if you drive 40 minutes south of Duke, uh, just just southwest of Raleigh, due south from Duke, 40 minutes, you get to the, to the town of Holly Springs, North Carolina. That is where Caden Shedrick is from. That's where his family lives. That's where he grew up and where he went to high school. He was not recruited by NC State. He was not recruited by Duke. He was not recruited by UNC, even though he lives within a 30-minute, 40-minute drive from all three of those schools. Instead, he went to UVA, where... He's turned into a heck of a defensive player, a really, really good defender. And he's someone who still has two years of eligibility left. I think a lot of Virginia fans, a lot of people were upset when he entered the transfer portal. Virginia really, Virginia is going to be struggling next year. They expected this guy was going to be a major team leader for them. He is able to do something that Derek Lively does. He is an outstanding shot blocker. So I got a great stat for you guys. Last year, Derek Lively was the third had the third highest block rate in all of college basketball. By that I mean what percentage of two-point field goals, no one counts three-point field goals in this. What percentage of two-point field goals do you block when you're on the floor? And Derek Lively's number was 12.69%, which is outrageous. It's crazy. Caden Shedrick, 
was at 10.5%, just a little tiny bit behind Derek Lively. This guy is an elite shot blocker. He is darn, he's 6'11", maybe seven feet. He's got a good length on him. He is absolutely someone who can impact shots at the rim. If he had played 30 minutes per game, he only played, he played a little less than 20 minutes per game for, for Virginia, which frankly never made sense to me. Every time I'd watch him, I'd be like, why isn't that guy playing more? But anyway, if he'd played 30 minutes per game for Virginia, he would have averaged 10 and a half points per game, six and a half rebounds per game, and two and a half block shots per game. Well, I'll take 10, six, and two and a half on my Duke Blue Devil team any day of the week. And it's worth noting in Virginia's last game of the season, the loss to Furman, Caden Shedrick was outstanding. He scored 15 points in that game. He had 13 rebounds and four, four block shots. Everyone out there is saying that Duke is involved with this guy. He's also looking at Florida State. He's looking at Xavier. He's looking at Houston, Indiana, a lot of big name heavy hitters out there. I think if Duke really wants him, Duke has a really good chance to get him. And Caden Shedrick would be a great fit in Durham right outside the town where he grew up. One more guy who has come up, and, and I'm not sure how much contact Duke has had with him, at least recently, because we know that he was recruited a little bit out of high school to Duke is Hunter Dickinson, who was a star at Michigan the last couple of years. He was a second team All-American, not uh, this most recent season, but but two years ago at Michigan and represents one more guy. There's also some talk that, that Dickinson is considering going back to Michigan, but if you're reading... Uh, in between the lines here, there's definitely some interest that uh, that, that Duke may have for him. So I, I think that the story around Dickinson is sort of is sort of clear. He's he's been a he's been a very like prominent uh, big man in college basketball the last few years, and would represent not just size but also experience and, in, and great three point shooting. Hunter Dickinson's yeah. a really good outside shooter. And and look as as happy as Duke fans have been with Ryan Young's performance as a transfer this year, you know, similar size, but much more skilled uh, when it comes to uh, an experienced player that Duke would be bringing in and someone coming from a big program, I think is also a, a thing to mention. Jason, I, I'll, I'll echo that sentiment when we talk about Caden Shedrick. I think that once upon a time, Duke was like, we don't really have to bring in transfers or if we do, it's really like they've got some particular skill that, fills a need here i think with both dickinson and shedrick duke would be able to get a guy who not just brings you know a, a track record but also comes from another program where they've had some success michigan certainly wasn't as donald knows uh not as successful this year as as maybe they wanted to be but they have been good in recent years virginia is certainly virginia is good every year it feels like every guy that that comes into virginia no matter how high their uh, their ranking is coming out of high school turns into a better player as a result of being in Tony Bennett's system. I told you last summer repeatedly that one of the things I was most excited about in John Shire's transition to being, to becoming head coach is that he brought in Jay Lucas as an assistant because he said, I, I don't know if this is the exact thought process, but the result is look, it's great that Duke has this, this huge stable of, of guys who want to be assistant coaches who are also alumni they know how things work at Duke and and they know how to run the Duke program. But I'm a fan of Duke bringing in guys from other successful programs. Jay Lucas had been uh, you know, a member of multiple other successful basketball programs at other schools. Shedrick and, and Dickinson would both be representatives of that same trend. And 
I look forward to, if either of them come to Duke, to hearing quotes from John Shire about, oh, you know, I've been watching Tony Bennett for all these years because I've been coaching against him, but I didn't realize that Tony Bennett did X in practice until until Caden Shedrick told me about it. Or I didn't realize that that Michigan was doing this or Juwan Howard was doing this until Hunter Dickinson told me about it. There's there's only so much that you can get from, you know, talking to guys at 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 Peach Jam or at or at the final four where, where these coaches mm-hmm. tend to interact. But once you get them on the practice court, I think you'll hear a lot about and look, you know, Ryan Young, it's not like Ryan Young was adding much new. He he was being coached by Chris Collins. I imagine that Chris Collins and John Shire are mostly working from the same playbook. But uh, I, I'd be really psyched, I think, if Caden Shedrick came to Duke as a North Carolina guy and a guy who who would bring, you know, Tony Bennett's know-how with him. Because, it, you know, if you if you think that adding a little bit of, of Tony Bennett's sauce to your basketball program is a bad idea, then you and I are not on the same page when it comes to how teams are building programs <laughs> in 2023. Let me really quick say about Hunter Dickinson. And and look, I, I want to be clear. He's the number. He's considered the number one player in the portal, and any program in the by country a lot. Be, it's not close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any 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 program in the country would be thrilled to have him. I don't know that he's a great fit at Duke. I think that what Duke really needs and wants from that five position next year is probably someone to to offer rim protection. I think that there are a lot of weapons that Duke has, and having a guy who you need to put the ball in his hands a lot, a guy who's looking to score a tremendous amount. I'm not so sure that that's a great fit. I'm not saying it's a bad fit. Again, I'm not saying I don't want him, but I think that there are other players who make more sense for Duke than Hunter Dickinson. I think Caden Shedrick makes a lot of sense. Donald, give us last word on this. I will say on Hunter Dickinson, if if we could make Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, and Cam Reddish work, then we can figure out a way to get Hunter Dickinson the ball if he if he decided to come Duke. I I all buys aside, like you said, if you if you have the number one portal transfer guy in the transfer portal and he says he wants to come Duke, man, you call him and, and see see how bad he wants it. So that's how that's how I say on, on Hunter Dickerson. But I will say this. There's one guy left out there that Duke was. It seemed like there was a lot of contact between this player and Duke early. But Duke has kind of backed off in recent days. And that's Deron Holmes from Dayton. He is he can run the floor like no one else like he has an excellent post moves 18 points per game eight rebounds a game almost two blocks a game dude is a monster but because of that he might be testing the nba draft waters and that's why duke duke is wanting someone to come in right now and they're not trying to have a trevor keel situation where they wait for someone to test the test the waters and see what happens so i think that's kind of why they've backed off of him recent days but make no mistake these four guys if if we can land one of these guys in the absence of Derek Lively, I think that's a pretty successful offseason. I will lean towards Donald's take on Dickinson and away from Jason, and I will look at this <laughs> most recent season as evidence because going into the season, we said, oh, look at how many shooters Duke has. They brought in Jacob Grandison. They brought in Jaden Shute. Uh, True. Derek yep. Lively's going to hit a bunch of threes, and three-point shooting was one of Duke's worst qualities this year. So if, if you come in and you are able to hit like 38% of your threes, John Shire will find playing time for you. And it, I, and if, like, again, unless you are terrible on defense, which I don't think Hunter Dickinson is. No, he's, he's very good at defense. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. He's not that good at defense. Let's just be clear. He's we're, not terrible at defense. He's, not, he's terrible. not terrible, but he's a pick and roll liability. He is a pick and roll liability, but he is physical, which is something that we haven't yes. done in recent years. And that's something that a lot of teams have tried to, you know, have really tried to neutralize us by doing. But also I will say this. 
I think John Shire is moving to 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 a system where if we can have five guys on the floor that can shoot, that creates fits for an offense. And I mean, at, if your five is shooting thirty percent and can do it on a, on a regular basis, then I think John would take that. But again, I don't think he's the best fit for for Duke. I think the best fit is probably Deron Holmes, in my opinion. Yeah, but Deron Holmes, I think, is not happening because I think he's going to enter the NBA draft. And frankly, I think Hunter Dickinson's not happening. The word is he's probably going to go to Maryland, which will just crush Michigan fans. Anytime a guy transfers in conference, it's just, it's brutal. Well, can we talk about that possibility with Caden Shedrick? Like, yeah, how, yeah. <laughs> how horrible does that feel for UVA fans? If he, like, Duke hasn't exactly had this happen to us, right? We, uh, Duke lost Michael Benajay to Syracuse and then. Like soon after that, Syracuse joined the ACC. But I believe that when Benajay transferred, the right they uh, weren't there yet. Yeah, they weren't like, there. Syracuse yet. was not like announced to the ACC yet, so it wasn't clear that he was like coming back to play against Duke. By the time Rashid Suleiman uh, went to Maryland, first of all, it, I guess he was kicked off the team. So that's like yeah. a whole other story. But well, Maryland was already gone from the ACC. Well, remember, so, remember. Back then, you know, teams could have, you know, stipulations on where you were transferring. And right. usually not anymore. <laughs> most schools, not anymore, but most schools would say, hey, you, if you want to leave, that's fine. But you can't transfer somewhere in conference. A lot of people put that stipulation on uh, releasing some guy from their from their scholarships. Oh, that's why a lot of our players usually ended up outside of the conference. Look, the famous one that happened recently was Cam Johnson went from Pittsburgh to UNC the Pittsburgh program really struggled without him for a few years, and he was an absolute star at Carolina and has now carved out a nice little NBA career for himself. So this thing happens uh, with the way Virginia has competed in the ACC for the past decade or so. I'm fine with kicking them down a little bit. I've got no problem at all <laughs> stealing a really good player from them, especially in a year where they they look like their roster is really struggling to come together. I was going to say that like as as tough as it looks right now, I have no doubt that Tony Bennett will have a top twenty-five team by the time we're we're previewing the. I ACC don't know, man. November, I, uh, he will he will find them, and you know what? If he can't find them, he will make them because because I believe in I believe in his hair. I believe in Tony Bennett. I I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who he's getting at point guard because I hear Kihei Clark is finally graduating. I, I the rumors are out there after eighteen years. Sure. Is he yeah, walking at graduation? Is that is that I, confirmed? Well, we we have to wait a couple of weeks to to confirm, but I that's what I'm hearing. Uh, the only thing, Sam, that I will say about UVA is that usually Tony Bennett does this by having guys who've been in his program, who are experienced, who come on and, and develop. There's not a lot of guys in his program right now who are experienced. I, I it, it could be rough. Well, look, we're not previewing UVA. We're we're only talking on this episode supposedly about Duke and Duke's big man situation. So again, to recap, adios to Derek Lively. Perhaps hello to one of these other guys that we've talked about. It would be good. Any one of these would be a great solution for the Blue Devils. That's going to wrap it up for us here on the latest episode, the first episode to some extent of the Duke Basketball Roundup. I, by the way, how many times I'm going to accidentally say Duke Basketball Report at least five times in the next hey, month? Hey, unique New York, unique New York. Just keep saying that, and then Just, Roundup. Will you know come. what? Sue us. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in to the Duke Basketball <laughs> Report podcast. <laughs> The Duke Basketball Roundup. I am Jason. He is Sam. He is Donald. Thanks for tuning in. One thing stays the same, guys. Here's the Duke band to play us out and take us home. Oh, I thought we were saying it's DBR I thought we were doing the email. That was oh, the yeah. Point. That also stays the same. That also stays the same. The email. 
dbrpodcast at gmail.com. We keep those DBR initials right to us. We want to hear all about it. Now, finally, here's the Duke fan to play us out and take us home. If your Seder plays Duke theme, send us a picture of it. Hugs a man. Oh, nice. 